Hi, I'm Christine, and welcome to the 5 Foot 5 and Growing Podcast, a podcast where I dig deep, do some difficult self-reflection, try to learn from my past, all the while trying to become the woman I want to be, whoever she is. I haven't figured that out yet, hence the podcast. So please join me on this new journey of discovery and hopefully growth. Figuratively, of course, I'm 5 foot 5 inches tall. That doesn't mean I still can't grow. Welcome back to the latest episode of the Five Foot Five and Growing Podcast. This is Christine. How's everybody doing today? Well, today is Friday, March 27th. And it's been a long time since I left you without a dope podcast to listen to. Um, ooh, lots changed in a month. I don't even know where to begin. Um, I believe the last episode I was pretty gung-ho, if memory serves me, regarding the changes that I was making. I started walking on my lunch break. I gave up wings and fried foods and ice cream and soda and all that good stuff. And I was walking every day and I was closing my rings on my Apple Watch. And then... The Rona, the coronavirus, COVID-19, took over everything and shut everything down. And the rest of the month has been a a panic, anxiety blur. Now, I could go into how I felt about all of this. Um, Maybe I should. Maybe I shouldn't. Well, I'll give you a little bit of the beginning part. I did really well. Like the first 11 days of March and the end of February, I was doing really well. I was losing a couple of pounds every week. I was increasing my water. I downloaded an app to monitor my blood sugars. Uh, I was taking my blood pressure daily. Like I was on board. I saw my doctor Uh, I think I talked about that the last episode. He put me on a new blood pressure medication. Um, That's been okay. It it does make me a little uh, woozy, a little dizzy. Um, But, you know, no worse for the wear. Or no wear for the worst. Uh, I saw him. My follow-up visit was a month, uh, March 19th, last Thursday. And my blood pressure was 134 over 84. So um, market improvement from like the 149 over 92 or whatever it was a month ago. So that's good considering what's been going on in the world. Um, I was doing really well. And then stuff started getting shut down. School started getting closed. And it got real out here. It got really real, really fast. And stuff that I didn't think I had anxiety over uh, suddenly appeared. And I've been not okay ever since, like, what, March 
8th. I want to say, yeah, March 8th was International Women's Day. And I took my mom out for lunch that Sunday because I didn't want her to cook on Women's Day. So we went to, actually, we ended up going to three different places and they were packed and I had no patience. So we ended up at Tully's, which is actually turned out to be really good. Um, that was the last meal in a restaurant. Our last sit-down restaurant, I guess I should say. But that day, that was the turning point. It was daylight savings as well. And daylight savings always kicks me in the butt. Never fails. It never fails. I never... It, it messes me up instantly. And I had this grand idea that I was going to... Monday after daylight savings I was going to get up early because it's going to be lighter earlier and I was going to go hit the track and walk and do all this stuff and I got up that Monday morning and it was pitch black (laughs) at 5.30 in the morning and I was like no Mm -mm. we're not going out and track in the darkness And I let it go. And then I I changed my mind and I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'll go. I'll, I got to do something. So I'll just, I'll just keep walking to lunch. And then I, a friend of mine, Kiana, shout out to Kiana. She was like, we could go to Planet Fitness early in the morning. And I was like, begrudgingly, bet. Okay. And I was what? Monday the 16th, and we got up early, in the pitch black, in the cold, and that was the the beginning of the, the end, I guess. We went to the, went to the gym, I got a good workout, and I felt pretty good, it was the first workout of 2020 at the gym, I felt, you know, pretty decent about it, and everything went to poop, by the end of that day, Cuomo had canceled uh, gyms and closed restaurants and movie theaters. And I was like, damn it, I just got back in the groove. Or I just started to try to get back in the groove and everything's closed. And then the kids got taken out of school later that week. It's been a blur. It has been a blur. And it's been a long, man, for a month, this has been like a year. The month of March felt like a year. Like, I don't even know who I was at the beginning of this month compared to the person I am today on the 27th. It feels like forever ago. But that's that's the short version of an update. I've wanted to do an episode before today, but um, I felt so drained at the end of every day. That I just didn't, the the creative juices just weren't flowing. Um, not properly, at least. Been kind of in a, a funk, wouldn't quite describe it. I've been in a, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know how to describe it. But it's been, it's been rough for your girl. Like, So, 
let me sidetrack here. Or let me backtrack. Side note. One of those words. For my hip-hop heads. It's like, remember, was it the second Biggie album? It was like the Mad Rapper. Or maybe it was the first Biggie album. I can't remember at the moment. But it was the Mad Rapper. It was like, I'm going to tell you why I'm mad, son. I'm going to tell you why I'm mad. That phrase has been in my head for the past couple of days. And I've wanted to tell someone why I'm mad. But I haven't found anyone that I could tell it to that would really fully get it. One, get it. Two, I'm comfortable around to actually articulate it the way I want to, and three, they won't judge me for it. It's hard to find. So we're going to roll it out on a podcast. Even though the podcast, I kind of can't articulate it the way I want to, which I guess is part of a larger problem, but that's not what we're going to focus on today. What we're going to focus on today is why I'm pissed. So this coronavirus... If you listen to the podcast, I got a, a myriad of problems. I'm overweight. Uh, I have asthma. I have high blood pressure. And I'm diabetic. So I'm already a walking time bomb. You know what I mean? Any day it can be a number of those things. All of the above, heart attack, whatever. And now we got this deadly virus, respiratory illness, that is not like the flu, that is way worse than the flu. And people are nasty. You know what? Screw it. People are nasty. And the first sign of the coronavirus that came around, you know, on our side of the world, and it was like, just wash your hands, you know, sanitizer. And this was February, the end of February before the world, or before our country took it seriously. And I was like, oof, I already washed my hands, I already sanitized already. I wouldn't call myself a germaphobe technically, but I don't like germs. So I was already nervous, but I was like, you know what, it's in China, that's unfortunate, but it looks like they got a handle on things because they had the suits and they were going down the street with the street sweepers and the sanitizer and everything, and I was like, ooh, China. You guys aren't all bad. You got this whole medical thing on lock. I see what you're doing, and I like it. And then it got a little realer. And Italy kind of basically, I don't know, collapsed in a way from the outside looking in. And I was like, okay, all right. This is going to be coming our way at some point. Oh, these people are nasty already. I can't get sick. You know, the anxiety level was like at a three. And then they closed Italy. And I was like, so y'all shut down the whole boot? Like the whole boot of Italy. You're just going to shut that down. Sicily too? Wow. Okay, this is really, really real. Anxiety was like a five and a half, six. But I was trying to take it in stride because I'm like, hey, listen, I live in the center of New York. 
you know, I don't live in New York City, I don't live in LA, I don't live in Miami, I don't live in these, like, big city places where travel comes into, you know, you come from across the pond or Hawaii or something, you gotta go to one of those big cities first before you come to my little town. Maybe it will be alright, but you never know, people travel. We got a big university, we have international students, we have rich kids that can fly away. You never know. Ramped up the the cleanliness a little bit more. When they said, you know, you gotta wash your hands, and people started like opening oh yeah, sorry, openly admitting that they don't wash their hands as frequently as we should, my anxiety level was at like an eight and a half. 8.75 if we're really being honest. And I'm just talking about like dealing with work. This isn't even home. My mom has bleach everywhere. There's bleach, there's wipes. I'm not worried about home. If something gets into this house, God bless it. It, you know, it had to be God's will because it's Lysol. She was bleached up before bleach was, you know, a hot ticket item. You know, I don't care. I don't care. I work in an office of mostly women. 99% of women. There's one dude. God bless him. Now, before the Rona, I knew people didn't wash their hands well. You know, we would have cake for birthdays or food days, and you could tell, you know, people, like, using their hands to get buns out of the thing. You like, you kind of got to, like, turn a blind eye to it. But, it, you know, in the back of my mind, it kind of disgusts me. Every time we had certain food days, I didn't eat everything. One, they put cheese in everything. Two, I didn't trust everybody. I knew some people that coughed and never covered their mouths. Or they covered their mouths with their hands, which you rarely saw them use sanitizer. You know, I pick up on things. So when the Rona got, like, deep in the game... My anxiety levels like went through the roof because I'm like, look at the people I work with now separately. They're probably nice people outside of work. They're probably lovely ladies, great citizens of society, grandparents, mothers, daughters, sisters. Yay. From a germ perspective, some of these bras are nasty. And it's just despicable. And you can't say it to their face. Although you probably should, but you can't, and that sucks, big time. I got bold, and I put up a sign, I want to say, the last week in February? I want to say it was either that or the first week in March, but I want to say it's the last week in February. And I'm like, please wash your hands. Signed, people who don't want to get sick. And then some smartass took a sticky note and wrote, 
or maybe we should wash them because it's common sense. Whatever. So clearly it's not common. Henceforth the sign. Came in the next day, the sign was gone. The discussion of who put the sign in there went on for about a couple of days. I never said it was me. Never said it was me. I typed it up so they wouldn't know my handwriting because I'm smart. I thought it would stay in there for a few days. I don't know if the cleaning people took it out. I don't know. But that was the end of February. It's gotten worse. It has gotten worse. The Rona has gotten worse. My anxiety has gotten worse. Things are closing. People have lost jobs. People are laid off. And my anxiety, it's through the roof. The second week? Third week. The days are getting mixed up. So if I misquote something, I'm sorry. But I want to say it was the second full week of March. Where I got so anxious that my hands would turn beet red. I am black. I am a mocha burnt sienna brown black woman. My hands would get red. Redder than red. And I'm talking about the the palms of my hands, the fingertips would get redder than red. And I was like, okay, am I allergic to something? Is, am I using too much sanitizer? Is it like a reaction? Whew, I don't know. And then week three, last week, the hands stopped turning red. But then my cheeks, the second, the second and third week of March, my face from my eyelids down. Or from my upper cheekbones down to my chin. You could see a breakout. And I remember I caught like a glance in the mirror. And I'm like, what happened to my face? Like it seemed like overnight that my face just broke out. And I'm like, I'm not using any new soaps. I wash my pillows regularly in the pillowcases. I'm like, what is? what am I doing wrong? It's stress. And my cheeks, whenever I get frustrated, angry, anxious, a panic attack, my cheeks are like Rudolph's nose. They heat up and they're burnt red, just like my palms. And I have to put like the back of my hands on my cheeks to cool them down because that's where it all flows to. And I would really like someone in the medical profession to explain to me why when I get anxious or angry that my cheeks like flush and they're red and they're hot like you could cook an egg on my cheeks hot I work in healthcare but in the billing department on the billing side Technically, I guess I'm an essential worker. That's fine and dandy. And honestly, I don't mind going to work in theory. But when you know your some of your co-workers are nasty. No, you know what? That's I'm sorry. Let me take that back. 
not as sanitary as you like them to be, it becomes a situation where I didn't feel safe. I don't feel safe coming to work. Like I said, me and mom's is at the crib. You know, we're wiping stuff down. But that was the norm before the corona virus. So nothing's changed here. We were already walking in the house, take your shoes off, wash your hands. Like, we had that stuff in practice already. So this wasn't a change at home. My worry for the past few weeks has been going to work. So let me paint it out. I leave the house in the morning. I get in my Jeep. I have wet wipes and hand sanitizer. I had it in the car before the coronavirus stuff. I grab a wet wipe. I hit the steering wheel. I hit the doorknob. I hit the gear shift. I hit the belt buckle. I hit my keys. And I go to work. So I hit the car. So if anything was in the car, when I got out of it the night before, I just hit it. Okay, go. I go to work. Clock in. Print my stuff off in the morning. If I eat breakfast at my desk, which is nine times out of ten, I either wash my hands in the bathroom or I have baby wipes and sanitizer. I'll hit my desk before I start to eat because I don't know what has touched my desk since the day before, eat my breakfast, start my day, do my work. Mid-morning, go to the bathroom, wash my hands thoroughly, so on and so forth. Repeat. Now that the, the Rona is in full blast, and I know my co-workers, some of my co-workers, aren't as diligent and I'm paying attention to stuff a little more because I'm a little more heightened because remember, like I said a few minutes ago, I'm high risk. When I tell you the 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 first that week that week Cuomo closed the schools. I wanna say that was the second week of March, maybe. The third week, I don't know, like I said, March has been a long year. Whatever week they, or no, the week before they cancel school, every time I heard somebody cough, and I'm not trying to make light of people with PTSD, but every cough felt like I was being triggered because every damn cough wasn't muffled. Like, you could cough in your hand, you could cough in your elbow, you could cough in your shirt, or you could grab a tissue, and everyone knows what it sounds like when you cover your mouth, face, when you cough or sneeze. It's muffled. There were so many unmuffled coughs, I thought I was going to lose it. Every, it was just an open air cough. We work in an office there, open cubicles for the most part. The, the cubicle height is only like 65 inches high, or not even, I think it's like 60, 62 inches high. 
I'm five five. I'm sixty five inches tall. So I'm just almost, you know, could see over the wall standing up. Or close to it. If you cough, you don't cover anything up that goes out into the abyss. And you got people with fans on their desk and humidifiers and stuff blowing around. Every cough, every unmuffled cough sent a chill down my spine. I was so angry. And I let it rock. This had to be the second week of March. By that Thursday, I I had almost lost it. Like I was I was teetering that Thursday, and I came home, and I was so upset. And my mom went to church, and I was like, I'm going to get a massage. I booked an appointment. I was like, I've been walking. Or at that point, I had been walking every day. So I was getting my miles in. The calves were extra tight. My feet hurt. I'm like, let me get a massage. Maybe I'm holding tension in my legs too. (sighs) I had a blast. It was perfect. Just what the doctor ordered. My feet felt better. My calves felt better. It was wonderful. I get home. I tell my mom. I say, okay. I put my foot down. I'm going to say something tomorrow. Being Friday, I'm going to say something. Because they're messing with my head. It's messing with my health. And I don't know if any of these people are sick. And people have traveled and taken vacations. Because people just got back from February break. And I just need to get this off my chest. Because I'm not going to feel right. Unless I say something. My mom was like, yeah, do it, Chrissy. Okay. I get up early on Friday. I go into work. I'm all ready to give my, you know, hey, let's all work together to not get sick. Kind of rah, rah. I can't afford to get sick. I need you people to cover your mouths. And this Corona thing is serious. I walked in that door and it was like six ladies just huddled around each other closely and just giving the world's worst opinions. I was like, oh, it's just like the flu. It's not a big deal. I don't know why they're doing all this stuff. I can't believe, you know, they're talking about maybe canceling school at some point. Just every cliche. I'm like, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I don't know why people are so worried. I like coiled back. And I just looked at the group of them. I just closed my eyes. I shook my head. So we all going to die. We all going to die. Forget it. I'm not even going to say nothing because it's not even worth it. If I, if the stuff that they're saying, they don't believe in this and it's just the flu and all this other stuff, I, there's nothing I can say that's going to sway them. I'm screwed. I was furious the rest of the day. I felt defeated the rest of the day. And it was Friday the 13th, and I think it was like a full moon that week. Like it was the, plus daylight signals, like it was the perfect storm of crap. It has only gotten worse. 
every day it's gotten worse. Stupid opinions, and I'm going to call them stupid opinions because they're not well-informed. Stupid opinions coupled with real-life consequences of the effects of coronavirus has my anxiety at, like, DEFCON 3. I'm trying to woosah it out. I'm trying to breathe it out. I'm trying. I made special playlists with gospel music on it. I, I asked my Facebook gospel preacher friends to throw me some songs. I made this uplifting playlist. It did nothing. It did nothing but make me want to turn it off and put on the most vulgarest, angriest song I could find. People are nasty, bro. There is a lady. She doesn't work in my office. She works in the big nondescript building that we are housed in. I don't know her name. I only see her in the bathroom. She is a very attractive woman. She kind of looks like a a low-budget Priyanka Chopra. Maybe. Low-budget is insult, but you get what I'm saying. And she smells so nice. Like Victoria's Secret Angel. I don't know what she smells, but she smells really pretty. Baby girl walked into the bathroom. Went to the bathroom and I heard what happened. Went to the sink, turned it on, literally did a splish splash, turned it off, and then spent the next like three minutes in the mirror fixing herself up and then walked out the door I almost lost every one of my marbles and I'm in my head in the stall I'm like I know she no 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 she turned the water on okay she's about to wash her hands I come out the stall and she walks by and she goes in the mirror and I'm like did this did this bitch just only wash, like, splashing? Did she even put no soap? <gasps> and she just spent all this time in the mirror fixing her hair and her eyelashes? Oh, we are gonna die. We are all gonna die. I was furious. Now multiply that experience, that feeling, by, like, 20. And that's what the last two weeks have been like. I am a very empathetic person. Sympathetic and empathetic. I'm an empath. I feel what other people feel. Uh, I feel what other people feel. Uh, I'm easily swayed emotionally, depending on who the person is. Sad things make me sad. Happy things make me happy. So on and so forth. It's a gift and a curse. When other people feel apathy, you know, it translates to me too. And in my head, I'm like, well, she don't care. I don't care because we all going to die at this point because don't nobody care about nothing in this place. What the hell? And, you know, I come back to my senses and I go, no, no, can't think like that. It's only gotten worse. They've closed some of our sister offices. They've laid people off. And I'm pissed. 
because I don't believe them when they tell us that they don't know what's going to happen. I watched all of the first three seasons of Lie to Me on Fox, and I know how to read people's body language. I don't believe a word that they are saying to us. I feel like uh, information isn't being passed along correctly. I feel like the safety of others isn't being handled correctly. I think the opinions of some who initially thought that this wasn't as big of a deal as it turned out to be, uh, I think those feelings and thoughts infiltrated or are shared by the people um, chosen to lead. And I don't think that is a uh, an appropriate response. I don't feel safe. I don't feel safe at work. And I'm an essential worker, and I'm glad to have a job. And I'm glad to have a paycheck for now. That could all change, because every day is something new. And I get that. And I can appreciate that. I don't like being lied to. I don't like being lied to. I don't like being conned. I don't like being played. I don't like it at all. I don't like when people try to use you. I don't don't like it at all. No one does, but I, I especially don't. And I feel like I'm being lied to. I feel like uh, my opinion and feelings don't matter. I feel like information is being withheld deliberately to some people, and I don't think that's right. I think certain people are privy to information that they shouldn't be. I think that our, our office is divided into two and the other half of the part I'm not a part of dictates how things are run and that is not always good because they don't think about everyone and the way they talk to people is disrespectful and inflammatory. I have had a mental breakdown quietly in my little cubicle almost every day for the past two and a half weeks. It's not fun. Have you ever had a panic attack? Oh, panic attacks. Wow. The first panic attack I ever had was post 9-11, I want to say. Nope. Nope, sorry. That was the second panic attack I ever had. First panic attack I ever had. I remember it was raining. This was in college, almost 20 years ago. It was pouring rain. I was driving down the road. I think, if memory serves me, I had to go to work. I was going to work. I was going to school. And everything became super overwhelming in one instant. And I lost it. Driving. I had to pull over. And I was weeping and I was yelling and I was hyperventilating and I couldn't breathe. And I was all by myself in my little blue 1996 Dodge Neon. 
Oh, I'm sorry. Plymouth Neon. And I knew I never wanted to feel that way. Ah, I was wrong. <laughs> I was sorely wrong. I was sorely, sorely wrong. The funny part, or not the funny part, but the interesting part is most of the panic attacks I've ever had, I've been by myself. And I've, most of them I've been in my car. After 9-11... Or, well, technically, before 9-11. I was working three jobs. I worked at Target in the morning. I worked at a daycare in the afternoon. And I worked at a movie theater at night. So I would work from 8 in the morning till 12. No, 8 to 1 at Target. And then I would work 2 to 6 at a daycare, and then I work 6.30 to midnight or 12.30 at the movie theater. And I did that shift four days, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Tuesday was the only day I had off. Or Tuesday was the day I had off from two or more of the places. September 11th was a Tuesday, and I happened to be off and my roommates were in school in grad school um and i was home by myself watching that happen in real time bawling my eyes out. shortly thereafter 9-11 um working three jobs got to me and i was on the way to target it was one of the days where I was just doing Target in the movie theater. And I was driving to the... And I can still see it. I was driving to Target. And I was hyperventilating. And I'm driving. Like, not at a stoplight. Like, I'm driving. Bawling my eyes out. My glasses are fogging up. The windows are fogging up in the car because it's fall. I'm hyperventilating. I'm sweating. I'm crying, like, out loud, and I just kept driving. I never pulled into the parking lot at Target. That's how I quit Target. I just never went back. I never put my two weeks notice in. I never called nobody. I never, I just never showed up. I had a full-on panic attack, and I drove, calmed down. I remember I drove and I drove around and I finally like calmed down and I took myself to breakfast. (laughs) I took myself to the original pancake house on main street at like nine 30 or 10 o'clock in the morning on a like Thursday. And I sat in there and I ate my breakfast and I had my honey or honey. I had my hot cocoa with marshmallows. And I finally calmed down and I drove around trying to think. And that's when I went home and I told my roommates that I quit Target and they were pissed. Then I told them what happened and they kind of felt my pain, but those are my first two panic attacks. I've had many since then. But the ones I've had these past couple of weeks with the Rona and everything going on They've been 
truncated versions of those two very extreme ones. And it's not fun. It's not fun. It's not pretty. And when you're hyperventilating and you kind of can't catch your breath and you have asthma, ooh, is a doozy. Is a doozy. And to have a panic attack like that, all by your lonesome in your cubicle, silently breaking down from all of it, and no one, uh, I would assume no one being the wiser, I would say it's a, a gift and a curse, maybe. This has been stressful. You see the news... You see the the number of cases. It's just, it's a lot to take in, and you're you're just waiting. You're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like I said earlier, before I went off on a tangent, I'm an essential worker. I work for healthcare. I work in healthcare, but I also work in an office full of people. I don't. If there was less people in the office, I don't think I would mind as much. Like I said, I don't mind working throughout this pandemic. I'm glad to have a job that I need. My fear is I get in my car, I sanitize. I get out of my car, I go to my desk, I sanitize. I I wipe down numerous times throughout the day. I go to the bathroom, I wash my hands like I'm a doctor scrubbing up for surgery. I don't touch the door handles. I use the pure paper towel. Like, I'm doing the necessary steps to protect myself. And then you hear somebody hack up a lung, and it's unmuffled. Like, you didn't try to cover your mouth. You didn't try to grab a tissue or put your arm up or something. That's what I'm afraid of. That's why my anxiety is through the roof. I went... I went to go in the kitchen to make oatmeal. Oatmeal was my lunch. That was my health. I was eating, I was drinking smoothies for breakfast. I was doing really well at the beginning of the month. I was eating plain oatmeal with raisin for lunch. And it actually started to taste good. And I was looking forward to it. I'd go to the kitchen to fill my like nice little Ikea bowl up with some hot water to make my oatmeal and raisin. And I opened the door. And this one lady coughed open mouth coughed not like a clearing of the throat she did a full (coughs) and didn't even try to cover her mouth in the kitchen by the refrigerator i literally opened the door saw that didn't even take a step in saw that closed the door turned around and said nope never again And that was, I think, was that Friday the 13th? That may have been that Friday the 13th. I've not eaten. I've not gone in that kitchen for anything but water out of the cooler. And even then, that's a push. Because I go to the little colored only one in the hallway that no one ever uses. I stopped going. I was like, nope, no communal spaces. When I go to the printer, I'm in and out. I try not to touch nothing. I'm sanitizing my hands at the printer. I'm sanitizing my hands after the printer. 
when I saw homegirl just cough, open my, like, not even like a light, <laughs> like, open mouth coughed in the kitchen by the refrigerator and didn't even give two craps about it, I was like, I'm done. I can't deal with this. I'm out. I haven't had oatmeal at the office since. I took all my stuff home. All of it. Every bowl, every plate, every fork, all my food, the oatmeal, I had raisins, I had I had all types of snacks, stuff, applesauce or organic, no sugar added applesauce. I had my teas, my ginger tea, my lemon teas. I had a whole little nice little healthy setup. That Friday I took everything home. I put I packed everything in my backpack. I took everything home. I left some some cough drops. I left some baby wipes and a couple of other things, like little knickknack things, and I took the rest home. I cleared the whole desk off. I said, Nope, because y'all gonna come in here. One of y'all is sick, one of y'all's got the Rona. We're gonna get a phone call saying that somebody tested positive and we can't come back to the office for two weeks because it needs to be sanitized. I'm like, I'm not leaving this stuff here. I'm taking all this stuff home because y'all playing. Y'all playing a game and I'm not playing about this. I got three strikes against me, dog, and I'm a black woman. So, you know, they ain't going to take me super seriously if I end up going to the hospital. Nah. Mm -mm. Nope. 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 And nope. I can't trust it. I can't trust people I work with. I can't trust everyone that I work with. There's some people, I get it. There's some people that are like, okay, this is serious. But it took them a couple weeks. But there's still people that are just like, I don't, and then there's no meats at the store, and there's no tissue, and I don't know why. Still, after all these cases in New York, was it 37,000 cases? And they still have the nerve to talk about this is being overrated because there's only, you know, what, 123 in Onondaga County? <sighs> people! I can't, I can't deal with it. I'm stressed the hell out. I get home at the end of the day, or I get home from work. I am beat. I am wiped out. I am drained because I am like a tense ball from the time I walk into my office to the time I walk out. Eight plus hours. I'm in a tense, knotted ball. Full of anxiety. I keep to myself because I do my work. I put my headphones in. I try to listen to fun podcasts. I try to listen to some good music to calm down. I do what I can. I try to drown out the noise. And occasionally it seeps in. And then we keep having these meetings and Cuomo. And I've been listening to Cuomo Every press conference he's had since the beginning of March, I've gone to the website, I've listened to those bad boys live because I want to be informed, because I care, because I want to live, because I have three strengths against me and I'm a black woman, plus I live with an almost 70 year old, so I can't get sick and bring it home to her. Because we're both at high risk. Because she's older. Although she doesn't have any underlying health problems. Which is good. But I do. So she can't get sick. Luckily she's retired. So the only places she goes is. To the neighborhood track to walk. Uh, occasionally the grocery store. And church. 
And church is only Thursdays and Sundays. But she's got it down where I don't touch anything and I keep my wipes with me. So I don't worry about her because she stays home most of the time. I worry about me bringing it home to her. People don't get this, man. People don't get it. And I want, I came home one day and I said, Mom, I want to live in the bubble that these people live in. I want I want is it nice there? Is the rent good there in the bubble that you live in? Are they hiring new jobs in that bubble because I want to move to that bubble because I don't get to live in that bubble. I don't have the luxury to live in that bubble. I don't have the privilege to live in that bubble. I wish I did, but I don't. And it freaks me out. And I sit there and I listen to Cuomo every day and I remember March 7th, I have the numbers memorized. Call it obsessed, call it anxiety, I don't care. March 17th, that man had a press conference. It was 1,347 cases in New York. And most of those were in New York City. We had one case that day in central New York, in Syracuse. And that was the day they canceled school for the rest of the week and for the next three weeks or so. St. Patrick's Day. I'll never forget it. It's 1347. The next day it was like 2000 something. Next day it was 3500. The next day it was 4400. The next day it was 7000. The next day it was 13000. You see the point I'm making here, people? You see the numbers start to rise? And I wrote them. I have a little, this dry erase board behind me that no one ever uses. Every day, every press conference, he, he gave those numbers. I wrote them on the board. Do you know I've been writing on numbers on the board since St. Patrick's Day, and the nuts that I work with never put two and two together as to what those numbers were? Finally, today, they were like, oh, my God, that's what you've been writing up there? And I say, Yes. That's how many cases we have? I said, do you not watch the news? Do you not read stuff online? No? None of you guys? Really? Wow. There's 37,000 cases in New York State. Or no, I'm sorry. There's 40-something thousand cases in New York State. It was 37 yesterday, Thursday the 26th. The day before that, it was barely over 30,000. We had 7,000 new cases overnight. And this isn't a big deal. Syracuse went from having one on St. Patrick's Day to 122 today. Ten days later. But I'm nuts. Because I'm freaking out, right? They look at me like I'm crazy. When I start spouting facts, they look at me like I'm whatever. Okay, all right, that's fine. I likened it to uh, being the lone black person in a scary movie with a bit of sense. That's what it feels like. That's exactly what it feels like. Like I'm telling everybody we need to run 
And everybody's like, no, no, no. Like that commercial's like, no, no, no. Let's go hide behind the chainsaws. And I'm like, wait, what? Why can't we just get in the running car? It's infuriating. And it's not like I, I'm a scientist. It's not like I'm a, a medical doctor or even a nurse on the front lines. God bless those people. My heart breaks for those people. I can never do it. And they're in there long days, 12-hour shifts, back to back, pulling all these, watching people deteriorate literally before their eyes. I've heard like first-hand accounts of people with coronavirus here and across the pond. And it is nasty. I don't wish that on my worst enemy. That's not true. That's not true. There's a few people I would wish that on. I'm not proud, but it's true. But the majority of people, I don't wish that on it. I don't want it. I don't want it. I can't afford it. I I can't afford to die at 40. I can't. I cannot. Not by this. I mean, I don't want a car accident or choking on a chicken bone either. But I don't want coronavirus to take me out. Like, I didn't do nothing wrong. If I'm going to die, I want to be... I want it to be because I did something wrong. Or some, you know... Act of... I guess this is an act of nature. I don't know. I'm just mad. I'm mad. They laid off people. They laid off people that I feel like they did on purpose. I don't think is fair, correct. I don't think uh, they're handling it well. I don't think that leadership is actually leading. I feel like a lot of people are... are What's the saying? Throwing rocks and hiding their hands. I feel like I just I feel lied to. I don't feel like I said earlier. I don't feel safe. I feel like I have to do all this extra stuff just to keep myself relatively calm and safe in a work environment. I work in healthcare. It should be the first place that should be like overly clean. Like I don't deal with patients. Like, patients don't come into our little section, which is great, but still, it's like, I don't know where you've been. I don't know where you've been. I don't know where you've gone. And what kills me, it's my last angry story because my throat's starting to hurt and I'm tired. This There may be a part two of this. There it probably is going to be a part two of this because I need to get this off my chest. When Cuomo shut everything down, it was like 100%. If you're non-essential, you don't go to work. And I was like, okay, all right. I should get to work in like five minutes now. There should be nobody on the road. And we had a meeting about social distancing and staying six feet away from each other, which nobody abides by. And I try to put boundaries up, and I try, and I try. I've always tried to put boundaries up, and people invade your space, and that's a story for another day. But now it's being mandated to keep us healthy, keep your distance. People still come right into your cubicles and put their tits on your back and have to talk to you face to literal face, and I want to punch them in the face for doing that. 
Just because you don't care, I do. Back up. Back, back, back up. We had a meeting. And they were talking about, we really got to push social, social distancing. You know, this is coming down from corporate, yada, yada, yada. You know, all the corporate speak. And I was like, um... So, like, when we go out for lunch, or I was like, or when people go out for lunch, and, like, we don't know where they go, and then they come back to the office, aren't they kind of contaminating the office? And you can see the light bulbs go on. And the one lady was like, I never thought of that. I go, yeah. Because if you go to McDonald's and you go through the drive-thru, you can't sit in the stores anymore. You go to the drive-thru, lady hands you your change, you put your phone in your mouth, you put your change in your purse, you grab the bag, you touch your hands, you drive back to work, or, my personal favorite, the people that run all these errands on their lunch break. Like, how do you have, how do you get this all done in 45 minutes out? It's beyond me. But they go to the store, and they go to Tops, and they go to Aldi's, and they do this, and they go here, and they go to the bank, and they come back around. And then, all that, and the kicker is, they go together. So it's not like one lady's like, oh, girl, I'm gotta, I'll eat my lunch at my desk, I gotta go run to Aldi's to pick up whatever, whatever, whatever. And she goes by herself, and someone else goes by herself. No, no. No, no. No one... No one has thought, hey, maybe we shouldn't go to lunch together. Sitting in the same car, going to the same place together. Maybe we shouldn't walk around a big grocery store at lunchtime and bring that all back to the office. Where I know you don't come into the office and go immediately to the bathroom or the kitchen and wash your hands. Or you don't use the hand sanitizer. But you're going to go run all these errands and do all this stuff in this 45-minute lunch break and then bring it back. I'm supposed to trust you? And you just figured out that, oh, maybe there might be a problem with that? (sighs) I ain't going to make it. I bawled today. They laid somebody off that I think they did in retaliation so to speak because or they made it personal it wasn't because of employment reasons it was because I think it was personal and I think it's messed up and I think I think it was premeditated I don't think it was just a a draw of the hat or I don't think it was strategic meaning who could help us achieve more while we're still open I think it was personal I think they wanted her to be gone for an extended period of time without necessarily firing her and I'm pissed off about it because they've had me help her do her work in my downtime this week because I'm good at my job and I willingly helped and they let her go, or they laid her off, so to speak. Sorry. So, did you already have this idea in your head? Did you already know this? It's messed up, man. It's messed up. I think they set it up. I think they set me up. I think what they're going to try to do is have me do my work and some of her work while she's gone until 
more layoffs come and I'm pissed about it and I think it's messed up and I think they lied to me and I don't trust them. I don't trust my supervisors. I don't trust my all of my fellow employees, my coworkers. And I'll tell them to their faces. I don't care. I don't care if they listen to this. They probably won't because most of them don't know I have a podcast. But I'm pissed. I'm pissed. I'm pissed. I'm hurt. It's messed up. And when all of this is over, Lord willing we live, I will find a way to find another job in a different place because I can't do this anymore. They've messed with the wrong person. So we always end these with quotes and uh, I don't really have a lot of positivity on my spirit at the moment, unfortunately, but I do have a quote. I believe it is actually a poem that I'm going to read. It's called Fire. Remember what you must do when they undervalue you. When they think your softness is your weakness, when they treat your kindness like it is their advantage, you awaken every dragon, every wolf, every monster that sleeps inside you, and you remind them what hell looks like when it wears the skin of a gentle human. Simply put, they have, uh, awaken this dragon and I'm not happy about it some changes are gonna come there's gonna be some definite changes because this is messing with my health and that's all I really have in this world is this body that I live in and it's beat up and it's old and it needs to be remodeled It needs to be a full-on fixer-upper. And it's got asbestos. And it's got uh, termites. And it's got... uh, The one thing it has going for it is the foundation it was built upon. The foundation of who I am is strong. Leo and Rosa Pelle... They did a hell of a job. They they made some mistakes, and there's going to be a very rich therapist that's going to help me fix those. But all in all, the person that they raised me to be, she's strong. She's strong, and she's sensitive, and she's smart, and she's self-aware and she's observant she just needs a little work and she'll be uh, the crowning glory that they initially meant to build 40 years ago we just gotta get through this um My thoughts, my literal thoughts and prayers is for everybody, literally, people home quarantined, 
the people who are essential workers but aren't in healthcare, but your job is important to the very fabric of our lives. Uh, no cotton. The grocery store workers, the mailmen and women people, the garbage truck or the garbage people. I can't, I can't even think of the bus drivers, the transit people, the subway um, conductors, the train conductors, pilots and flight attendants, the people that are in harm's way because they have to be. But it's not life or it shouldn't be life or death because they're not nurses in an ER or a doctor. But what they do matters a ton and they don't get enough credit. And I think a lot of people's eyes have been opened to how this country actually operates, what actually fuels the country. And my, my, my heart goes out to those people. My heart especially goes out to the doctors and nurses and the medical staff at the hospitals that are just dealing with this, that thing, this virus that has taken over the literal world. My heart breaks for the people that have lost their lives, the people who've been ignored, the people who are trying to get tested to find out if they have it, the people who are sick and not sure that they have it, even the people who have it but are asymptomatic and they're fearful of giving it to someone that they love. This is just such eye-opening is not even it doesn't have enough weight to it to apply to this but my heart literally breaks for so many people and i i literally pray every day that they find a cure or the rate of this slows down i pray that people stay their ass at home and that's a rant for literally another day but I, we need people to take this thing seriously. If the, the I guess this will be my my positiveness sort of I guess. I've I've never been drafted. I thought about joining the armed forces, but no, I don't take I don't do well with authority. Um, but I've always had a great respect for the armed forces because my pops is in the army, my brother was in the navy, a couple other uncles were in the navy, my couple of cousins were in the navy, in the army. Tremendous respect for our troops. Tremendous respect. I've never been called to go to war. I've never been in a quote-unquote Great Depression where I had to sacrifice so much. I've never had to live through World War II and sacrifice things at home in order to fund the war abroad. The one thing that our government, or at least our local government, has asked us to do is stay home. That's all you have to sacrifice. Now, if you get laid off from your job and you're poor 
and things are tight and rough, I get it. I'm with you 100%. But to everyone else, all you got to do is stay home. That's all you got to sacrifice. You still can work from home. You still have a job. You still have income. Your kids are okay. You got plenty of food and toilet paper, apparently. All the government is asking for you in this fight is to stay your ass at home. And people can't even do that. Like, they're not asking you to give up, you know, whatever. They're not making you sacrifice the ultimate sacrifice. It's just, can you just stay home? Can you just stay home and wash your hands? And if you do have to go to the store, you know, stay away from people. Keep your distance. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Like, these are like the most simplest first grade things. And we can't even sacrifice that without all types of uproar. And I get it. I get it. Cabin fever is real. The break in your routine and how that messes with your mind is real. I get it. I'm not minimalizing that. But all I'm saying is, all you got to do is stay home. Just, Just do that for me. Do that for the people in your life that you know have high anxiety. Do it for the people in your life that you don't even know have high anxiety. Just stay home, dog. Like, if you got internet and you got books and you got iPads and Playstations and Nintendo Switches, and you got all the electronics in the world and batteries and chargers, all you got to do is stay at the crib. Ah, you know what? I'm, I will ramble. I will ramble and I will go off. Please be kind to one another. Please wash your hands. Drink your water. Take your vitamin C. Take your iron. Oh, you know what? My other positive thing. If you can, the 10 people that are going to listen to this, if you're healthy, and by healthy, I mean you don't have a cough, you don't have any cold-like symptoms. Please donate blood. I don't care if you go to the Red Cross or some other company in your local area. Because I know Red Cross has its issues. I donate at Red Cross because it's easiest for me. But please consider donating blood. It may not save your life. But it may save your family's life, a friend's life, or you could just save a complete stranger's life. If you're over, if you're a woman, if you're over 110 pounds, if you're a man, I think you're, if you're over 125 pounds, one of the two, you're relatively healthy and your iron levels are over a certain point, please consider donating blood. You have no idea how much that, you know, 45 minutes and free cookies of your time can really save lives. It could be mine, it could be your own, honestly. But there's a blood shortage, go to your local hospital, or maybe not go, call your local hospital or your health places, see if you could donate blood. We are living in some truly tragic, scary times. And the biggest thing we need to do from my vantage point 
is to look out for one another, be there for one another. If we physically can't call each other, talk to each other, Zoom, something, text, check on your friends, check on your strong friends. Please check on your friends with kids. Oh my God, that are stuck home with their kids. Check on them. Drop a bottle of wine off and leave it at the door and ring the doorbell and bounce. Like, this is the time. And I feel it in my spirit and the pattern app told me that this is a reset. Like, this is an opportunity for the world to really put some things into perspective. Now, I would love to be at home. I don't want to be fired, but I would like to be home. But I think this is an amazing opportunity for people to do some self-reflection, to do a reset, to reevaluate some things, to appreciate things, to stop taking certain things for granted, i.e. your health or teachers who are grossly underpaid out of every parent has to homeschool their kids and they're slowly realizing. Take this time to really reflect on some things. And I'm not saying overhaul your whole life because that takes a ton of time. But just your daily life. If you've noticed things that have been different if you're home quarantined, just just take a look. What did what what are things that you could tweak that can make life a little easier, a little bit better, not just for you, but for your family and maybe some strangers too. You know, seeing the news and or the weather channel talking about like the air pollution has basically dissipated from California and New York and over China and over Europe because we're all at home. Like this is these are things that gets missed in the chaos of our world, but if you really sit back and pay attention to the things that are happening besides the death and the illness, it's for some real interesting things. It really, it really is, and it's the, I guess the positive part in me that's like, this is horrible, but I can see the good that can come from it there's a quote that's on our positivity board at work shout out to Chris it was my quote for today that I looked at and I said it to myself that's going to be my mantra today every day may not be good but there's good but there are good things in every day I may have messed that up a little bit but you get the gist this is a horrible tragic situation it's a scary pandemic and I just rattled on for 60 minutes about how my anxiety is kicking my butt I get it but there's people that get to spend time with their families that are bonding and doing things that they would have never done before people are doing tiktok dances as a family which they probably would have never done before because they were too busy there's people reading books that they've had collected for ages and watching stuff on tv that they never give themselves they never allow themselves to time to watch 
there are people at home baking and cooking things that they've never cooked before with their kids or by themselves. There's single people that we eat out all the time that are forced to cook things at home and finding out that they are loving it or teaching themselves how to stock a pantry to cook a multitude of things. Like there are good things that can come from this. If we allow them, if we try to see them, if we give our chance to give ourselves a chance to see it. Now, in my case, I ain't there yet because I haven't been home quarantined. But I can see the good, or I guess what I should say is the the good things that I've seen come out of this that pertain to myself is. Um, further proof that I really need to get my health in order because the the the, the at well eh, the blood pressure and the diabetes are quote unquote fixable so I could make myself not high risk going forward if I take better care of myself and I haven't been doing that the worse the cases get the the, the number of deaths that increase the number of cases that increase, the worst my diet gets. I was doing squats and walking two, three miles a day at the beginning of the month, and now I don't do any of those things. And I feel a difference in, a, in the worst way. And I don't like it. And I liked who I was becoming for those few, what, three weeks or so? at the end of February and the beginning of March. So, you know, that's the whole point of this podcast is to heal myself and work through things and the the anxiety and all the emotions of everything that's going on has taken their toll on me physically and I can't allow that anymore because I need to be here. There's a, a whole life that I would like to live and I really don't want to get taken out by the Rona. So, um, please take care of yourselves. Please wash your hands. <sighs> Call your family. Tell them that you love them. Call your friends. Tell them that you love them. And you're thinking about them. Try to find the silver lining in all of this. Try a new hobby. Try something new. Because as we're seeing, time is not on our side at all. And none of us none of us know the time or the hour. So um, treat yourself with kindness and love. Peace.